Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. Spooksters, and welcome back to February's listener episode. It is one of your hosts, Jessica. And as always, I am joined by one of my favorite peoples on the planet, Tara. Hey, Spooksters. We are going to tell you some spooky stories that come from you, our listeners, today. If you want your story read, if you have something sitting in your back pocket, don't keep it. Give it to us. We'd like to read it for the peoples like yourselves. Yes. And you can do that by sending us an email at threespookedgirls at gmail.com. We like to get them there, and that way we can make sure that we get them read. We read about four a month, depending on the lengths of them, sometimes Mm -hmm. more, sometimes less. Sometimes people write us novels, which we do like. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And you can, of course, chat with us throughout the month. We have several ways to do that. You can hit us up on all of the socials. We're there everywhere you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. And if you want to interact with us on our Facebook group, you just type in Three Spooked Girls Official and it's always fun in there. Tara and I talked about like at the beginning of the year, the whole like new you, new us thing or new year, new us thing. And we really wanted our Facebook group to become a place of positivity and fun and places where people could post like pictures of their cats or their dogs or, you know, things they collect or mugs because Tara and I love mugs like love mugs. <laughs> In fact, right now I have like three mugs on my desk, all serving purposes. <laughs> <laughs> so we definitely wanted to see what's going on in your lives. So you can post there. If you're, you know, gonna be a new parent, gotta let us know. We like to know when our little spooksters are coming around. So definitely let us know. Mm-hmm. And if you want to help support the show, you can definitely do that by joining our Patreon group. You can either go to the link tree below or go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls. And for little as a dollar, you get extra bonus content for $2 and up very soon because we're so close to our goal of 50. We're going to start doing Jessica Slaughter's movie reviews, mm-hmm. which is going to be super fun and exciting. <laughs> I am excited to do that. And $5 and up patrons get their own Facebook group. They get video content, extra lives, that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. $10 up in patrons, you get some more swag. You get to pick an episode that gets dedicated to you. Yes, yes. We've had several and they've been really good and really interesting. I liked all of them. Me too. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, just go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls and sign up. 
Yes, yes. And something we don't ask often because we kind of just are set in our ways and forget. But if you love us and you haven't done so, please either go to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. That helps with our visibility and just makes our day when we get little happy comments and stuff. You know, you know, we love seeing the love. So if you got either of those, feel free to do so. We would very much so appreciate it. Or you can also leave us a rating on our Facebook page as well. That's cool. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Don't pretend like you don't, Jessica. I was like, yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) I sent them to you. (laughs) I didn't know you could do that. I'm going to try to like be a hype person. And I'm like, wait, just don't lie. I'd be like, "Um, Jessica, you liked my review. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, you liked it. You're right. I did like it. (laughs) Anyway. So we're going to dive right into these fabulous stories that you, our listeners, have given us. And Tara's going to start us off. I am. Our first story comes from Haz. He says, hey, girls, while filming some of the TV shows I've worked on, we've used a lot of creepy locations. And on one particular job, we had two instances that have kept my jimmies rustled to this day. Here's one of them. The first location is called New Sham Park Hospital. It's a children's hospital and mental asylum that had around 16,000 people die within its grounds. Holy shit. Right? I don't want to go there. (laughs) No. We were filming a show set in the 40s, so we had some huge heavy props that we'd got down in the basement and were just too difficult to get back out. So I headed down there at the end of my day to measure the items so we could rent a stair climber to lift the items back out. I made my way into the abandoned building alone followed the work lights down all the corridors, and found the stairs to the basement. It was then I saw the sign for morgue and realized where I was heading. I found the morgue pretty easily as the work lights aimed down the gloomy corridors showing me the way. I was hoping to be in and out of there very quickly as it was starting to go dark outside and I didn't want to be there when night fell. I measured up the large lead fridge we used in the scene ready for the stair climber and as I put the papers back into my pocket, there was a sudden beep behind me towards the corridor. I turned around and was greeted with the second beep and every work light in the place suddenly shutting off. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, Mm-mm. no. I stood there for about a second in the darkness. And I mean real darkness. There was no difference if I had my eyes open or closed. My mind took a second to catch up to what had happened and I wrestled my phone from my pocket and turned on my torch. It's a pathetic little beam cast out into the room and I watched the thick atmosphere of dust and my breath steam into it. And then I ran. Fast. I ran all the way out and back to my car and swore never to go back. Last year, however, while following a postcode to find a location, I was struck with the thought that I recognized the address, only to end up back here. Luckily, it was daytime and I wasn't alone. I hope you enjoyed my little experience. I didn't. And he also sent us a picture of this place, which will absolutely probably be like the main picture for the post because it is creepy as shit. (laughs) Goodness. Well, thank you for that. I would probably have like cracked my pants and died. No, thanks. Yes. I don't like darkness. Mm -mm. And anytime it is involuntarily thrust upon me, I'm going to react in the same way he did. Right? It's creepy enough when the power goes out in your own house, but in a (laughs) old asylum slash children's hospital where there's a bunch of ghosts, obviously. No, thank you. No, thank you. 
Yeah, that sounds really scary. I don't like it at all. Mm -mm. Well, who's our next story from? So our next story comes from Andy, and it is a haunted hotel story. People often ask me if I believe in ghosts. And when they do, this is always the reason I give them for why I do. The story comes from when I was 17 years old. I was going out of town for a high school choir event at a college campus. Four boys and four girls were selected. So myself and three other guys were put up in the same room at an old hotel. This hotel looks super old. Like it's kept in a fashion I would suspect is very similar to what it was like the century before. One night I'm in bed, two boys per bed. Everyone is asleep, but I am historically an atrocious sleeper, so I'm still awake. It's late and I can't sleep, so I open my eyes and tilt my head up to look at the clock, which is reading 12, blinking like someone had unplugged it and never reset it. And then before I put my head back down to close my eyes, I see a tall black figure standing in front of the TV in the middle of the hotel room. I stare blankly, petrified, and glance around the room to see if everyone's in bed. And they are. I continue staring at this figure for what feels like minutes before I suddenly hear a disturbing, hushed voice coming from the figure saying, The clock, it's broken. At least it's helpful. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's pointing out, it's not, no, it's Captain Obvious. It's like, duh, I can see the clock is broken. It's blinking. The figure then starts moving towards the entry to the hotel room slash bathroom area and disappears from view. I lay there motionless with my head slightly tilted up for what feels like 15 minutes before finally whispering, what the fuck? I get up. I go around to the entry slash bathroom area of the hotel room and there's no one. No door had ever been opened or closed and no signs of anyone having been there. So anyways, fucking ghosts. Yes, I believe in them. I have searched many times in the past 15 years for any haunting reported at this hotel and cannot find any results. Anyways, that's my story. I mean, I'm just going to go with it was being helpful. (laughs) I mean, it was being helpful. (laughs) It was being helpful, but it also was just staring at you for a while. Okay, we're going to take our quick break to give a shout out to our newest patrons. We want to say thank you to Aaron, Sarah, Richard, Marissa, Nicole, Amy L., Mary, and Marlena. Thank you guys so much for joining our Patreon and supporting the podcast. Thank you. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, our next story is from Aaron, and it's a different Aaron. It's not the other Aaron (laughs) that sent us stories before. This is another Aaron that we have in our little family. So she says, first off, y'all make my commute so much easier, and thank you for doing that. You're welcome. So even the idea of you guys reading my encounters and taking the time to do this makes me really excited. Well, we are excited to read it because we love the stories. Truth. She says, so I live in a small Missouri town called Carthage. There's never anything to do, but it is rich in history, which luckily means ghosts. A few years ago, my two friends and I decided to do spooky shit on Halloween because what else do you do in a small town? There are stories about a spook light just outside of Joplin, Missouri. Some say that it's caused by a car's headlights from an accident that happened on the road. Others say it was a Native American chief who died in battle near the road. Regardless to what it is, they say you can see it traveling down the road at night. 
We had heard about it for years, but had never gone to see it ourselves. We finally decided to go see it because screw it, or adults, damn it. So we figured out how to get there, parked the car, and waited. All three of us began to feel a little uneasy as if something horrible was going to happen. The other two girls decided to get back into the car because they didn't want to be out in the open. Pretty sure at this point I called them pansies. I decided to stay out and investigate a little more because my ass didn't spend an hour in the car to pussy out. I stood in the middle of the road just hoping something would happen. I walked down the road a little bit away from the car. There were no streetlights on the road and there were no houses anywhere near the stretch of the road I was on. I felt like I stood there for hours waiting and I had almost given up. I think I whispered something along the lines of, come on, or something impatient sounding, and right then a greenish ball of light came up from over the hill. I stood there in awe when it paused about 10 feet away from me and hovered about 5 feet off the ground. I honestly didn't know what to think, and my dumb brain said, hello there, to it. It lingered there for a second and then moved towards me, stopping about 5 feet from me. Mm-mm, nope, nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm. It sighs in a rub. Ooh, no thank you. It was a cold night, but I suddenly started sweating and felt out of breath like I had run for a long time. I took two steps towards it, because I'm a dumb white girl, and moved in about a step. We were, quote, face-to-face, so to speak, and I looked at my hands, and there was an elongated glow that covered me. I felt the sudden urge to walk to it, and I said, I know you're real. It disappeared, and I never saw it again. I went back to the car, and as I reached for the handle, it suddenly turned on. My keys were still in my pocket. It only stayed on for a second, but we got the fuck out of there after that. Good. Good. You should have left way before that, but good. (laughs) When she said she was a basic white girl, I was like, preach, sister. (laughs) Because that's how I feel like I live my life. It's all right. Just accept it now. Right. All righty. Wrap us up with our last one. Yes, this one comes from Katie. And I'm going to say, when I read this story, I was like, Katie, could we have been childhood friends? Right. I'm pretty sure when I read it and I replied to her, I was like, um, that would have been my life <laughs> or I want that to be my life or something like that. <laughs> or I at least thought it. <laughs> right. I just really want to say like every spookster is about to be like, man, what? You got to do what? <laughs> OK, this is coming from Katie and it is about the Laurel Hill Cemetery, a.k.a. her childhood playground. Katie writes. Here's one of my spooky stories from growing up in a sleepy beach town in Maine. I grew up literally 15 feet away from one of the biggest, oldest active cemeteries in southern Maine. I spent a surprisingly normal childhood roaming around the graveyard all hours of the day. It was the 90s, and my parents didn't give a flying fuck that their children were playing in a cemetery, only that their children got their little butts back home in time for dinner. So, when the mom whistled, my little childhood occult in training got their tails home and then regrouped on the weekend for basement Ouija boards, seances to talk to Elvis or Thaddeus, and put together voodoo dolls. Yep, a completely normal childhood. Sounds like a blast to me. Katie, you're my spirit animal. Right? (laughs) (laughs) One of the creepiest experiences was that of a flashlight game gone horribly dark, wicked quick. We decided that playing flashlight tag after trick-or-treating one night was the super best idea ever. There's about 10 neighborhood weirdos armed with only flashlights, the chunky red ones that took D batteries and would die after an hour. That happened to Tara and I once. (laughs) We went hiking at night and bought a Walmart flashlight for $3 and it made it into the hike. That went how you thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) My neighbor Chad was it and we had to run and hide. 
And also, I just want to say, she provided a map. You'll be able to see she circled where everything happens. I'm really glad when they provide pictures. Right? I'll post that, too. We all split up and ran in different directions to hide behind the graves. My chunky ass was never a runner. And I knew that (laughs) if I didn't find a place quick to hide, I'd have to begrudgingly submit to some cardio since it was a freaking enormous cemetery and the kids were assholes and would hide in all the dumb places, i.e. trees, on top of mausoleums, etc. Anyways, I was scrambling to find a place to hide and I came across a big open gazebo which I absolutely could not fit my elephant-sized rumpus behind any of those poles. When I heard Chad call out that he was coming to get us, I started backing away from the gazebo, and then I felt some dirt give way, and then suddenly falling backwards into total blackness. I'm going to give one tip. Always look where you're going in a cemetery. Just always look. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. As my flashlight flew out of my hands, I was left laying face down on the wet freshly dug dirt. The wind was completely knocked out of my lungs and it took several minutes before I could even muster a cry for help. I was in, excuse my French, a motherfucking grave pit that was getting ready to be the eternal house for a recently deceased person. Man, I hollered like a raccoon caught in a bear trap for what seemed like hours. I saw light and thought that one of those dipshits had finally found me and I was going to get out. It was fallen mane, so the leaves were all on the ground. I heard heavy footsteps shuffling their way towards me. I kept yelling I needed help, and in return, the shuffling got louder and louder, and the light got brighter and brighter. The rustling stopped, and the light shined into the grave. It blinded me, and I knew that I was not seeing one of those cheap dollar store flashlights. I asked, who is it? Nothing. Again, louder. Who is it? Patrick? Danny? Chad? Then the light went out, and I was back again in the darkness. My heart was in a sharknado, and my stomach felt like it was doing a hula dance in my gut. Then I heard the rustling again. The dirt leaves fell into the pit with me. I sank to the corner of the grave and covered my ears to block out the deafening sound of leaves. It must have been 30 minutes when I heard my dad yelling my name. They finally found me huddled, rocking back and forth, and got me out of the pit. Did that stop me from playing in a cemetery? Oh, heck no. However, I felt like from that day going forward, I had something watching me every time I rode my bike around or went sledding down the hills where my brother and I accidentally knocked over a grave by the baby section. And we heard a baby cry for weeks so loudly. I made my dad listen at the window to make sure it wasn't just me. Or the time when the middle school took us on a field trip to the cemetery to do grave rubbings. And I found my way into the crematorium and saw a cremation. Oh, yeah. In her photo, she um, she circles all of these locations. So like the graves, the, the grave she fell in, the baby, the crematorium. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, the stories I can tell, but you can only read so much. Thanks for listening to one of my spooky stories from Your Neighbor to the South who grew up in the North. Stay spooky, Katie. Katie, we would love to hear more stories about your crazy-ass childhood in a cemetery. Please forward. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Yes. I When I read your story, Katie, I was like, what the hell just did I read? (laughs) Like, I like that it was like your dad. It seemed like a normal occurrence that he found you in a grave. Right? And then confirmed the baby ghosts. Right, like, your childhood must have been amazing. 
<laughs> I am curious. You're going to have to tell us, Katie. Did your house get any like seep over hauntings? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. Let us know. Definitely. Well, that wraps it up for another listener's episode. If you want to be featured in a listener episode and you have a great story, make sure you email us at threespookedgirls at gmail.com and we would love to be able to read them in the future. So we will see you on Thursday for another Stabby. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.